program is intended for mature audiences. Listener discretion is advised. The views expressed are those of the panelists and not necessarily those of Sengents, Glamour Connection, Van Garrett Media, their respective management, contractors, or employees. This podcast produced by Van Garrett Media. Welcome to the Share Your Hotness Podcast. Share your hotness. Now, here's your host, Lita Green. Hello, and welcome to this episode of Share Your Hotness with your host, Lita Green, and my guest today, Camille Walker. We go back several years. We did a trade show together where you were the booth next to me. And those who have not done trade shows, it becomes like like, um, like the roadies or like the circus kind of thing. Like we are like there. And this one was, if I remember correctly, a nine day show. Was it really? It was like nine or seven oh. days. It was so, I remember so it, it was grueling because it was quite dead. So not only yeah. was it long, yeah. but it was just super slow. So the time just, we became really good friends. It yeah, became and looking around of like, oh, well, let's just hang out and get to know each other. Then. <laughs> <laughs> right. I mean, we love the shows when they're busy yeah. and um, when they're dead, you're contractually committed to be there. So, you know, you can't like leave, you know, and um, it's funny because I just did a show this last weekend with the same organizers. So they, they, that, they never did those again. <laughs> Um, but yeah, we got to become really good friends and I feel like I've had kind of a front row because you at the time were thinking of launching your blog that you do. Like you were in the very, very beginning stages. Mm -hmm. And I was like, I remember going and following and being like, you were like, you know, I mean, and now you've like blown it up and you're like doing amazing things and balancing it all. And I'm just like, I know her. (laughs) Oh, you were there. That was definitely the beginning of so such a trail of so many things I didn't know that were coming, but it's been such a journey. So thank you for the support and being there at the very beginning. That was a chance meeting that I'm really grateful. And I just stand in awe of all the things you do. So, oh, you're so sweet. This is about you. This is about you. I mean, everybody <laughs> knows I'm hotness. Let's, let's talk okay. about your hotness. All you right, know, let's do you're it. You're like all doing that, you know, gracious deflecting thing. I'm like, no, no, let's brag. Let's brag about what you're doing and how you got there and tell us about you, Camille. Yeah, well, that's a really fun place to start. Now to back up just a little bit, I am a mother of four. And I've been born and raised in Utah. I've always really loved learning. And so from the get-go, I went into the field of education. I graduated in family consumer science education. And at the time I was working at a mortgage company and I was doing sales on the phone. And I thought when I interviewed for that job, I said, I will do this job. I do not want to do sales. And (laughs) at the time they're like, okay, that's fine. It's not really sales you are teaching people about their mortgage and how they can save money and be effective with their payments, which is hilarious because it was a pick a payment loan company, which also led toward the session, the recession of 2008, but that's a future story. Yes. So I was in this position of being on phones, predominantly in a male dominant field where in my education, I was doing family consumer science, which was predominantly women And now I was in this business field surrounded with men and the position was very much a sales position. We were on the phone and we were helping people to understand their loans as well as sign up for home equity lines of credit. And over the course of a few months time, I became this top saleswoman and I know, and I, and I had the manager coming to me. I had my coworkers coming to me and saying, how are you doing this? How are you doing this? What are you saying? And I said, well, I am just teaching them and talking to them like they're people, you know? And it was this situation of, I didn't go into it with the idea of, I want to be the top salesperson. I just went into it with a mindset of, I really want to help people. And that has, it opened my eyes a lot to the possibility of a skill set that I do have of really helping people 
in the mindset of, I'm not here to sell, I'm here to help you. And yeah. that was a trajectory of so much that transpired in my life from then on, which as we know, in 2008, uh, after becoming a mortgage manager and then also a mortgage broker, I became a mother in 2008 and the mortgage business crashed. So essentially I lost my job. So you're like, t- will I stay home? Yes, I will. <laughs> yes, I will. I was like, okay, this is kind of perfect timing, uh, which sounds really funny to say, but I had always wanted to be a mother. And so I came at home and I was, I did mortgage from home for a minute where they said, we really want you to be able to do this from home still. And it just wasn't where my passion was. And I really just wanted to invest my whole soul into my kids and, and to be there. And about three to four years into that process, when you met me, I was now a mother of two. And I realized that my soul was yearning for that education piece of helping other people and finding that wholeness of who I am as a person outside of motherhood, even though I loved it and adored it and wanted to do it more than anything, I still wanted something that I could do out of my house where I could help other people's and, and, and feel, feel that part of my soul. And so that's, that's where the blog was born and that's where the boutique was born. (laughs) And, and since then I have become an influencer, podcaster, entrepreneur, coach, and course leader, but that was so many more years down the road. So that's a really brief, that's what happened. (laughs) But I love how it all came from this heart of, I just want to help people. I always say that there are three ways to sell things and keep in mind, you know, I've been in the beauty industry for 30, 32 years now that there's hype oh my crap, you know, the celebrity's mm-hmm. doing it or, you know, this really beautiful woman's wearing this makeup product. So therefore join in if you want to be cool, um, you know, hype or the shame. Oh, if you don't do this, you're going to be an old wrinkled tree, you know, that kind of thing. Um, you're going to not have money. You're going to be sad and dogs will bark at you, you know, whatever it is <laughs> they're, they're telling you you're not going to have in your life. And the third way is education and service. And the education and service may be the slower burn, you know, meaning it takes mm-hmm. a little bit more time with people, but we've all been hyped. We've all been shamed. And so I just have a policy that I don't buy from people if I don't feel like they're willing to take the time to do the service and the education, mm-hmm. right? Because I don't want to encourage, you know, like you want to buy from me because I'm so pretty, you know, kind of thing that, um, I mean, I get it. I'm super good looking, you know, yes. I tell people I'm not that good looking that people come up to me and go, tell me, tell me what lipstick you're wearing, you know? And we, you know, a lot of times we self shame and then we project shame to mm-hmm. others. Right. So I love that you fit line perfectly what I like to teach people. And of course, when we do the service, when we do the education, people are actually going to be more loyal to what you're offering because you've taught them why, and you've showed them that you care. Yeah, absolutely. You know, okay. So tell a little bit about your mom blog, kind of starting with that, just because I think there's a lot of people who, um, you know, these uh, Utah bloggers are kind of a big thing, you know, these mom bloggers that it's, I've been in DC and people are like, do you have a mom blog? And I'm like, sorry, (laughs) no, I, I just, um, I don't. (laughs) <laughs> you know, but it's, yeah. we're, Utah's kind of known for these mom blogs. Oh, so. absolutely. You know, what I love about Utah is that there are so many ambitious women that value family too. And I yes. think that that's something really unique and wonderful about, about Utah. It can also be a really hard place to live. If you feel like you don't measure up and you have a, a shame game going on in your mind. And so yeah. I, I, I worry about that sometimes because not everyone's journey needs to look the same as mine to be valuable. And some, this process and journey that I've been on has been over a decade of development. So it's something that was definitely a slow burn. I actually started it with seven women and the premise of it was I've always been a person that's brought people together and have kept lifelong friends from childhood all the way through high school, college, they're still dear friends of mine. And I tend, I tend to be someone that brings people together. And so I thought, okay, 
what are we going to do? It was actually called Solstice Sisters at, at the time. And the, the concept was, is that it was kind of like the view where there were seven of us. It was before the view came out. So <laughs> right. and I'm, a, I'm a pioneer person in thinking that, but I thought let's take topics and show our different perspectives and how they can all be so different. Some of us were married. Some of us were not and how we can look at things differently but we can all be right. You know, it's kind of like, you don't have to choose one way or the other, pick what works for you, you know? And after about six months of making no money, uh, we whittled down to four of us where one friend said, this feels like a job, you know, like what the heck are we doing? You know? And of course you're not making money yet at the time. Blogging wasn't a, a career path. Like it wasn't even a thing. And so we whittled down to four of us who were all mothers then at that point. And we called it my mommy style, which was, what is your style of being a mom? How do you create an environment as a mother and as a woman that feels right to you? And so we were sharing motherhood. We were sharing party ideas, recipes, uh, how to restyle furniture. Like I would sometimes show sewing before and afters. It was a bit of everything. And it was such a creative, fun outlet for growth. And so after, I don't know, maybe a couple of years, we started to get reached out to from sponsors and we were really excited about the first $50, you know, like we tried about (laughs) the spaghetti sauce and we'll give you $50. And that was really exciting. And so from there, that's eleven fifty or something. (laughs) Yes. So what happened slowly over the years, as it started to ramp up more, we were doing hosting more events in the beginning. We were doing events and a lot of community outreach sort of thing. I helped run the marketing for Pinners conference the first year and collected all the talent for that with the people that I knew I wasn't paid for that. Um, I know. And, you know, looking back, I'm like, that was silly, but it was really about the connections of the people that I met and the experience, you know, I I still do all their, I'm their makeup lady. So oh, are you really? Yeah. But that was a connection with Roxanne, but I'm glad you didn't say no, get rid of her. (laughs) Oh yeah. Yeah. So that's so funny. So anyway, over the years, it whittled down to four, three, two, one. And then it was only me, but during the course of that time, we did, we had to figure out how do we split this money? How do we decide which sponsored post goes to who, how do we divide like the amount of workload and partnerships can be so fun and they can also be really challenging. And so right now, as it stands, I'm the only one still But you were in your passion. So it was something that like, you know, people talk about do, do what you love. And if you do what you love, you never work a day in your life. And I'm like, I don't totally agree with that because life is work. Right. But if you're doing something you're passionate about, something that you believe in, something that you probably would volunteer to do, you know, because it's something that you feel is contributing to the world, then you're, you're not going to, you're not going to quit it. Yeah. And what's really fun about it too, is that everything that I had learned in my professional degree, my education of family consumer science was then something that I took and taught online. So I taught Facebook live cooking shows for a year. I was doing partnerships and I still am partnered with Disney and with companies like Kohl's or Walmart or Target or, and I was every step along the way I've involved my kids in the process. So we've been able to do unboxings together or we'll create games together or, uh, recipes. And we'll, we've had so many opportunities and, and adventures as a family that has made everything worth it. Like, it's just been such an incredible journey and so many opportunities I would have never had, had I not right. taken that leap. And how many years, let's just be really clear here because people are like, I'd love to do unboxings. I'd love to have sponsored trips to Disneyland, right? Yeah, yeah. Um, how many years did you do this for free, building an audience and pouring love into this audience before you got paid? I mean, I think it was at least two to three years before we were getting even little bits of money. Like even 50 bucks. Yeah, even 50 bucks. Right. Yeah, and it was a while. Yeah. How many years before it was enough that you were like this, 
I'm actually making some money. I would probably say year five was a pretty substantial. I think once I hit year three, I doubled. I more than doubled my income each year. Right. Right. And so it became a thing where it was, I think my husband in the beginning was like, yeah, go do your fun thing. And then he's a, a, an accountant at a CPA and he started seeing my books and what was coming in. And he's like, oh, this is like a thing. And it's helped us pay off our home early. It's helped us to go on vacation. It's helped us to afford to be able to send our kids to sporting events without feeling like, you know, we can't afford groceries. And so it was just, that is the gift of what I want to give other people as mothers now is you can be a mother and you can be involved with your children. And there are so many opportunities out there where you can do other things to fulfill your dreams too. I totally agree. I mean, I have used a direct sales company, but I did it like a business, not a hobby, not, oh, cause I just mm-hmm. love the product, which I do, but it has been work, oh, you know, yeah. like work, but people are like, I want to be you. And I'm like, okay, <laughs> you're going to have to work it. Cause how, where you say you're working 20 hours a week at your blog for free for these first five years. Would yeah. you work? Yeah. And so that means you're giving up, um, a lot of things. And that's the thing. I kind of want to make this point because I see this happen all the time. Like women, like I want to be you. And I'm like, okay, I haven't gone out with girlfriends. Like if it's not a business purpose, I'm not even sure if I've done that in the last most of my life. (laughs) (laughs) Your friends have become your business people. Yeah. I mean, it's people that I'm running up against with work, you know, that have become my life. I'm not going and getting my, you know, my pedicure with a girlfriend and nothing against that, but there are sacrifices that were made. And in order to get somewhere, you have to consistently feed that. Yeah. And you have done that with being an intentional parent. And that is something to be celebrated and admired because you can get anywhere you want to go, but you are going to have to make compromises. Absolutely. You know, and, and for me, I think a lot of times I remember when I first became a mom, and bringing that baby home. And in those first, I don't know, month, couple months, I called my sister who at the time had six children. And I said, how do you get anything done? Like I have one kid and I can't get anything done. Like, what do I do? I can't, I don't know. And she's like, you just take it one day at a time and pick two things for that day that you want to get done. And even if that's just feeding and bathing yourself and your baby, you've done the thing, right? Right. And, and build upon that. And so I think for anyone listening to this and thinking how there's no way, like my kids are so demanding, or I have this or that, or whatever the story may be, it's about creating the time, not having the time. So it's, mm-hmm. you know, the, that early morning hour, that nap time block, that's usually when I got a lot of my things done or sometimes late nights, but I really try to avoid the late night as much as possible. But if that reminds you health and your yeah, mental yeah, just, acuity and all that. Right. Exactly. Yeah. Just find those pockets of time. And if you make the time, you can make it happen. Right. I did makeovers at my son's 10 and two o'clock nap time, mm-hmm. which I still think was a blessing from God on high that my son was such a regular sleeper because my second kid yes. wasn't, you know, but my kids only watched TV when mom had a makeover. Mm-hmm. You know, I didn't use And I I think I love how you said you're making the time because it's about structuring and planning instead of reactive. Yes. And it seems really undaunting if it's a new skill set, but sitting down and being like, okay, well, I'm doing this. What is your plan? And I feel like, you know, um, my kids watching me work, and I'm sure you, I would love your thoughts on this have helped them to be better performers in school, better performers in their life, because they understand the work that goes into making something happen instead of just, I show up, I showed up. (laughs) Yeah, I, I agree with that. I think one thing that I've noticed that's been a theme in my children's when I've kind of seen them in a second position of, of the way that they see me in that regard And once was my son just last year made a little booklet about everyone in the family. And on mine, the one descriptor he put was a hard worker. And Mm -hmm. 
And I asked him about that. I said, oh, you see me as a hard worker. He's like, mom, you work harder than anyone I know. There's always something that you're, you're helping someone or you're doing something. And I was like, oh, and it was in love. Like it was not because when I first first saw it, I was like, oh no, does he think I'm working all the time? And when I talked to him, he's like, no, that's not it. it, That wasn't the message. Well, thanks for clarifying because I know you. So I, well, I mean, you know, I follow you. So, (laughs) and we hung out for nine days. So uh, I, I took it to mean you were being an example and a role model to him. Yeah. 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 So it's, it's been interesting. And I think what I've loved the most about the process of always learning and having to adapt because I'm in the world of social media and I am on every platform. I know quite a bit more about what's going on in the world of social media and what to look out for as a mother and what, what's trending. I basically, and, uh, something that I've known with that is that the eyes of my children watching me and the way that I use social media, I'm very careful about putting the phone down and having very clear boundaries because it's very easy to slip into my phone. And do I do that perfectly every day? Absolutely not. But if they do see me on my phone, I'll say, Hey bud, I'm not just doing a game on my phone right now. I'm responding to one of my employees who's creating X, Y, Z for me. And I have to communicate with him right now. You know, so I explained to them, this is the purpose and this is why. And as soon as I'm done, we have this thing going with us that that's going to be happening. So I think if that, if you're very clear with your kids about the intentions that you have behind the work that you are doing and letting them be a part of that, or even see the successes of that, that they will understand that and have a healthy relationship themselves with the phone and understanding what's appropriate in relationship time and communication, as well as what's not. Because I, when I look at teenagers right now at, at lunchtime, everyone's staring at their phone and, or, you know, it's just, I think that's going to be our biggest so challenge addictive. right now. Yes. Yeah. And it's, it's breaking yeah. up so many communication skills that they should be learning right now. So we talk about COVID, it a lot. They got yes. put in their own rooms. And it's like, ah, you know, Um, being a good communicator and being a human that can connect with other people is a hard skill Mm -hmm. that we used to be forced to learn unless we lived in the mountains. Right. (laughs) You know, Um, I I joke that um, those that like the ancient mountain men, you know, like the old mountain men, you know, mm-hmm. he had Ashburgers. He just didn't know it. He wanted l- less <laughs> stimulation, less social contact, and he could go and thrive being like, okay, I'm going into town. You're right. But yeah. he could go and thrive and, you know, fill a need in society and have success. Right. But nowadays we're like, you need to learn a certain way and you have to behave a certain way. And now we've mm-hmm. become, it's more about how we're showing up online than how we're showing up for the people in front of us. Um, in my industry, there are a lot of women who get accolades for being the number one salesperson or whatnot. And they brag that they have not, their face has been in their phone the whole time. And a lot of people were kind of surprised at me that I wasn't trying to maintain my top 10 position because the company went more towards um, beauty bloggers than people like me who actually put makeup on people. Mm-hmm. And so the top people in our company have, don't touch clients at all. Don't, they're just putting it on themselves. And they're like, Lita, come on, you could do this. You have enough followers, you have enough this. And I'm like, but I enjoy connection. Mm-hmm. So call me old fashioned, but it's, it's not about me when I'm doing a makeover. It's about her and her feeling lovely. That's a totally different approach. And you can make the argument how both are needed, but this is how I want to do it. And so I think yeah. that's kind of what you've been saying with, you know, finding the way to be intentional about your parenting, about your career ambition, and find a way to balance those two is life, right? Yeah. You know, so um, as you've added on more things, you mentioned the assistant, how many people do you have working for you to help you maintain this flawless balance? <laughs> <laughs> so I have, I think six right now. Yeah. 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 And that's actually something that I got approached about a lot was either how do I work from home or how do I, 
how do I grow a business in a way that I can be present with my children and grow my business? And both answers to that was virtual assisting. And so that's why I built a virtual assistant course. I'm actually in a group right now with my second group of students, and I'm teaching women how to build their own virtual assistant businesses. And I have students in their 20s and students in their 50s. And it is so awesome. I love this. So you are helping to give back to other women who may not have the the family sciences background or necessarily want to give people a a screenshot into their life, literally, mm-hmm. um, that they can be working from home. Yep. Yes. Awesome. Because I thought, okay, if I were going to create something as I started my blog, call me CEO, it's about interviewing mothers who are building businesses. And each week I share women from all over the world who are building a business. And I thought if someone is listening to this and they're thinking, well, I don't have, what the heck do I do? What, what could I do? And I, I started writing a blogging course and I took a step back and thought, you know what, the trail of starting to creating an income is it's a long, longer got to be road. really passionate about it. Yes. And a woman who needs income next week. Yes. Yeah. It takes a minute. And when, when I say a minute, it takes a few years. And so right. I thought, okay, well, where is the demand and where is something that there's very little overhead and a, a possibility for essentially anyone who has ever used a computer or a phone to manage, you know, a calendar, emails, social media, whatever, what, what could I teach? And that's where I came up with the idea of building a virtual assistant course, which is called 60 days to VA. And so that's what I teach. And I help these women establish businesses of their own from the ground up. I love it. Cause I have several um, VAs, um, none, none of which are full-time. Mm-hmm. But I literally, it's other moms. I've always just hired over the years. I've probably had 30 different moms that have worked for me where they work for me during nap time, but they mm-hmm. just either want a little bit of fun money or when I've had um, a need for full-time assistance, you know, um, you know, it was their job. Right. But the ability to just work, you know, when they needed to, to make the 300 bucks a month, I think they say that every like most families in America need an extra 300 bucks a month now with inflation (laughs) a thousand probably. Yeah. It's, it's crazy. Um, and, uh, you know, so it's wonderful. You found a way to give back with that. So what is for the woman listening? That's like, Oh, I kind of want to do this. Give her like, Mm -hmm. what does that look like? You know, how much money is it? Um, what can they be expecting to make an hour or whatever? Give them, give them a little, Ooh, I'm kind of interested. I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So my course is just under a thousand dollars. It's 997. And that is a seven week course where we talk from the ground up, how to build a business financially, how to build. So we talk about an EIN, what kind of entity do you have? How do you structure this for success from the beginning? And then how do you build your branding, your skill set? I teach you how to do social media, web development, management, flow systems, like all of the things. And then I teach you how to market yourself. So from beginning to end, it's very simple steps that anyone could do. And it's so fun because I get to teach again in that regard. And honestly, the marketing part, I, I don't love the marketing part, like getting people in the door once I have my group of students, I'm like, yes, this is so fun because I do. <laughs> right. There's like pre recorded courses through the weeks, but I also do a weekly live training as well as a QA and a mastermind mindset with experts that come in throughout the course. So we have four masterminds with guests that come in and talk about how to get your mind right, how to create power from your chakra. And I'm a little bit woo woo with it's very nuts and bolts, yeah. but it's also like, let's get your head straight and get those goals. But with women, we kind of, I mean, women don't compartmentalize naturally as, as a, as a, you know, uh, you know, our brains are just not that way, which is why we can like make dinner, handle a phone call and not, not have children die. You know, yes, it's get, so true. My husband's nurturing like, hey, this, aspect. he's like, this is kind of weird. Why are you doing a yoga mind, like a meditation practice? I'm like, listen, it works for us. Okay. This is yeah. the way, well, this <laughs> is the way we want it. We want the whole picture. Like 
how am I going to be able to manage my time as a mother and as a woman and have this business and not lose my mind? And so that was my approach is that it's not just the nuts and bolts of it. It's the whole picture. Yeah. I I love that because if you're just like, um, I heard a story one time where a man was two minutes late to a meeting with another man. And the, the man that was waiting for him for those two minutes was like, you don't want to do business with me. And the man's conclusion from that was, yeah, he needed to be that much earlier. And I thought, oh, so he doesn't want to do business with women. (laughs) If you have a child, you can show up and you, you always schedule a half hour in advance for your kid to make sure everything is set. But there have been many times that I have been just on time. Mm Mm-hmm. Right. And, you know, it's just the male brain and the female brain and the fact that we have different demands on our time. Mm -hmm. And it sounds like your husband being the CPA, my husband being engineer. um, (laughs) I have had people over the years be like, oh, so your business is just kind of a play thing. So you have an outlet. And I'm like, I don't know where you would get that from, Mm -hmm. but I never got that till I came to Utah because there's this, um, if a woman was working outside of Utah, people were like, it's a business. Yeah. She's yeah. making money for a household, but there's so many women here that people get the person that are doing something for money, but because they're not structuring it like a business, either because they don't know how, which I think is probably the biggest thing, um, that people have led to this perception that these women just have an outlet, mm-hmm. but you can have a very serious business working at part, part time. And yeah, you're yeah. helping to meet that need, which I'm like, juicy, love that. Because, <laughs> you know, if, if your goal is to make 300, I mean, how many direct sales companies recruit people on, you can make that 300 bucks. But, you know, during the pandemic, people were coming to me and they were saying, okay, I want to start a business now. And I'm like, no, this is not the right business. A makeup business where you go and put makeup on people. I can't guarantee you're going to go make 300 bucks a month when it's going to be really hard to market for new clients, unless you are a supermodel. But I post images of me with a lip color on, nobody gets excited. (laughs) You know what I mean? So there's, there's a certain look and you just have to be honest with people and people um, being a VA is a very attainable thing. If you have the ability to have a computer. Yeah. Oh, and I meant to say, what's the beginning rate? Typically my students start with charging 25 an hour. Yeah. yeah. So that's, that's typically the rate that they, and I have some that are working from home. Others, well, all of them are working from home. Some of them are working for like brick and mortar businesses. Like one is working for a plastic surgeon or others are working for businesses that are online businesses like boutiques or influencers or someone who has an MLM business, or, you know, it could be anyone. And what I love that the pandemic has done for us is giving people the ability to realize that remote working is so possible. And that's so possible. Yeah. It just has opened people's eyes because even before then I would have to explain what a virtual assistant was, but now people are like, Oh, I get it. Like you're going to do this work from me from home. Like that's what it is, you know? So well, I yeah. have one assistant that just handles um, social media outreach for me. Mm-hmm. And I, you know, they pretty much usually come to me. They're interested. They have a skill set and I'm training them how to be VA. So I love if somebody's really like, I need more than a little bit of money. Cause I'll be like, okay, yeah. I'll give you five hours a week. Or, you know, this is how long this job takes to do um, that. They can expand beyond me that I can be like, Oh, my friend Camille Walker's got a program for you and a thousand dollars to start a new business. Because really to be a VA, you probably already have the business tools of the computer you know, mm-hmm. and you could do a lot of the work with your kids, you know, doing their thing. Yeah. It's a great option. It's yeah, been, it's awesome. It's been a lot of fun. It's not something that I am training live training on all of the time, usually just a couple times a year because it is only a part of what I do. So right. I, I may be making it evergreen and reducing the price a little bit if there's not as much of a live component because evergreen right now, meaning they're watching a recording and then you're not having to touch it all the time. Yeah. Yes. Just for those who don't know what that. Yes. Means. Thank yeah. you. So it, there's so much of it is already pre-recorded, but there's so much of me actively being part of it right now that I have considered taking out that live element so that it is less expensive. Mm-hmm. But like you say, it's a very low business start cost. 
So it is less, but then I won't be as involved. That's right. the like, part. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you can have a structured thing. Cause like I started my business for $3,700. So I didn't have to build an inventory. I bought my inventory and I've never looked back and I've always made money, but I also was somebody who already was a trained makeup artist. And I knew that I was willing to ask people for money, which is yeah. another big thing that a lot of times women struggle with. Mm-hmm. They're willing to give away their passion. And that's awesome because we love volunteerism. And I think Utah leads the country in volunteerism which, yes. you know, I'm kind of like, whenever I see that statistic, I'm like, yeah, Utah. And then I'm like, wait a minute. Yes. That's probably women who could be, I, we love volunteerism. And I think service is an important part of being a happy person, but so many people are working for free in a job that they would pay someone else. Absolutely. And you know what, that's kind of where the name of my podcast came from was call me CEO because so many women will call them. We have these really cute names like mompreneur or mom boss or mommy blogger. And Which, I'm so over it. I'm like, just call yeah. me CEO. Like you're a business yeah. owner. And right. so that's where the name came from. It's kind of like a snarky response in like, Hey, these women are bad A's, you know, like call right. them what they are. And so right. That's it's not thinks- a caveat that because I'm a woman or like, you know, I, I apologize. I called you a mom blogger, but. Oh, it's you know, fine. You know, <laughs> I'm like, used to it. And that's right. No, I get it. But, that's that's but, the, the name. But I also was saying how you've create an awesome business. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but when people say it like, oh, you're a girl boss. I'm like, you know, I haven't been a girl mm-hmm. in a long time. I'm 48. Yes. You know, yes. and like you have is- to put a name in front of it instead of just boss. You're right. Or, or it's a good thing. Your husband, I get this one a lot. It's a good thing. Your husband's an attorney, so you can afford to have a business. And I'm yes. like, I'm like, yeah, that's not how that works. You know, yeah. it's, it, it has, man, sometimes I wish I would just sit back and be a lawyer's wife, but he has a heart condition. <laughs> so it's a whole other story, but, um, because I've worked, my husband has a lot more choices mm-hmm. and it wasn't, um, you know, I started when he was an army guy, you know, making 26,000 a year, but because I worked, I've given him the capacity to go back to school that he wanted to do. And as a team, and as a result, sometimes he makes dinner. Yeah. You know, but I make it dinner more often because I'm better at it. And so women are upset about these roles, but yet we reinforce these gender roles When really, if we joined in our marriages as partners, instead of I'm being taken care of, because we, we train people how to treat us including including our spouse and our children. Mm -hmm. So I love that. You're kind of like pushing back, like, no, I'm a real business. Thank you very much. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) And you know, it's been really interesting interviewing people over the past year where so many are hesitant to own I'm talking women with million dollar businesses, inventions, boutiques, um, people have come up with a a product or solution or a service and are in the million marker, which I am not. And they'll still say, oh, but I don't really consider myself a CEO. Hmm. And I'm like, what? Now here's the thing. At the same time, we're talking about that. You were able to not make money for a while because there was an awesome teamwork happening with your spouse. Yeah. But, but he was able to analyze the numbers and most businesses don't make money their first few years. Oh yeah. You know, most absolutely. So you want to build a business. You're probably going to have to work your day job. And if your day job is being an intentional parent, that's awesome. But it doesn't take away from the accomplishment of the consistency that it requires to create an awesome business. 100%. Oh, I love that. I don't think I've ever quite thought of it just that way of being an engaged parent as that's, I mean, cause that's your, that's your day job and you're putting your little bits of extra energy and time into something that fuels you in other ways. And I think giving women permission to explore that has been a life mission of mine where it's not that you have to choose it's you're either this or you're this, it, it can be, yes. an and, yes. you know, and so right. I'm like, you can afford yourself that curiosity and you, your family would want if, I mean, family wants you to be the best version of yourself 
And you can only do that if you're giving yourself permission to love yourself first in that way. I I'm like, I'm doing like the preach it sister arm because it's so true that we, we allow other people to label and we label other people. And, you know, one of my pet peeves is women go, I'm just a mom. Yes. The just, and I'm like, it's interesting in sign language. There's no word for just, unless you're talking Mm. about justice. Hmm. So if you think about when that word is used, it's typically used to minimize. Oh yeah. It's not you. It's just, mm-hmm. again, that's a lack of ownership of what I'm actually about to say. And so because sign language is not simple, but it is not, um, it is not, does not, is not able to be duplicitous. Yes. And in fact, if you do try to be duplicitous in language, they, they will literally say to you, are you being hearing? Hmm. which is really insight. It's only, I've only seen it happen a handful of times. I don't know if every deaf person see that way, but when I saw that happen the first time to someone that prides herself in what she calls being diplomatic, she was engaging with this deaf person and I was interpreting and I'm interpreting truly what she's saying. And they're like, are you being hearing? Hmm. Which they they view hearing as, um, you know, these individuals were doing that, they view it as people who are not being really clear about what they're saying, that they're beating around the bush. Mm. And the deaf culture doesn't do that. And I'm like, don't we all just need to be like, own it? Like, I am hotness. I'm amazing. I'm a killer mom and wife. And I do all these, there's all these amazing things I do. And people say, oh, you're amazing. I'm like, thank you. And they'll be like, almost taken off guard that I accept the compliment. Right. But women yeah. are so notorious at that. So my work as a confidence speaker, I joke, I will never be out of work because we haven't even learned how to just be like, I'm doing great things. Mm-hmm. And if what you're doing, you think is very focused and maybe just one or two things, you have to learn how to do those one or two things. Well, before you can add the third thing, you didn't become a podcaster and a coach and a, a um, um, having a course implementer all at once you added those things on and you can't add on more if you can't do the one things well. So if you're not managing being an intentional parent, it's going to be really hard for you to add on more. Absolutely. And to uh, be willing to get help because that's one thing where, when I've talked to people who are small business owners and they'll say, well, how can you, how can you be a mom of four and have a blog and have a business and have your podcast. And, you know, and I said, oh man, I do not do it all. I have someone, I have very specific people, someone that just does my Pinterest period, someone who just does my audio period, someone who's doing transcripting, someone who's doing social media creation, someone who's doing SEO work with me. I had a photographer that was very much a part of my day-to-day life. They aren't anymore. But it's very much been through a lot of hands doing things better than I could do them myself. And that's the trick. Yeah. Yeah. Finding people that are really good fits for that. And it takes time because you have to build a business first and wear many hats, but it gets to a point where you think, okay, in order to grow, I have to trust. And that can be a big leap for a lot of people. And you may trip and need to find someone new. And that is okay. I've been through that journey as well. But the good news about having worn those hats is, you know, the basics of the job. Oh yeah. Know if you're finding someone who can do that job better than you, Mm -hmm. you know, I am not good at the, the nitty gritty details. And so I have an assistant who does all my data entry, all my scheduling. I can do it. I have the capacity, but it takes me more brain energy. And I think that's part of that growth. Mm-hmm. is you're freed up to do the creative things that require, I had a mentor who said, if it doesn't take your personality, why are you doing it? Yes. But you have to have a viable enough business in order to justify the expense. Again, running it like a business. Yeah. Um, I knew a lady that I just, I love her as a person and she's, she's a sweetheart. And, um, but she had, you know, probably 20 people working for her. And she confessed to me that she wasn't making any money. Mm. because everything was going out the door and I'm like you gotta contract it or something you know you gotta do something so that you're paying you yeah she didn't want to let go of 
the, the public freedom. accolades and um, yeah it's interesting know. too because that's actually the next question I'm getting is can you make a course about how to teach how to hire a virtual assistant or where to even start you know like well, I think that'd be fantastic yeah you should totally yeah. do that yeah, because so, I've hired and trained people and I, but I've trained every single one uh-huh. and, um, I'm not willing to pay 25 an hour if you were not trained. So I start right. my people lower and I raise them up, you know, mm-hmm. um, as they become good at the job, you know? Yeah. Yeah. And that's part of it too. So I don't know. That's one of those other fires in the distance. I'm like, yeah, maybe I'll pick that one up (laughs) right now. I'm actually working on how to start a podcast with one of my friends. And that course is going to be coming out in the fall and we are doing it together. And it's going to be available in my suite of education, which is at the, at the core of who I am is helping people to have their voice and their passion filled. So love it. that that'll be coming out in the fall. Very cool. Yeah. I am fortunate enough that I work with a media company. So I had the, the right connection and willing to just, I'm going to give some money to start this. And so, mm-hmm. you know, depending on where you are on that, um, it's wonderful that I just have to show up on zoom and they do everything else. I mean, that's yes. kind of a luxury, but if it had been in the very beginning of my career, um, I wouldn't have been able to, to justify that, but I love how you're talking about, the structuring your business. So it is making sense. And that does take education. And that does take, um, a willingness to say, I need, as you say, help. Yeah. Yep. And I think that goes for motherhood. If there are aspects of motherhood that you're like, man, I despise laundry. Like if I, I would do anything else, I would learn how to be a virtual assistant. (laughs) If I didn't have to do laundry again, I'm not kidding. There are skills that you could learn right now. So you could avoid laundry, even having to do it maybe twice a month and mm-hmm. there are laundry services or there's food services or there's cleaning. I mean, being able to have someone come to my home twice a month to help with my family of six, to help me like get in the, get in the toilets and get into the deep stuff. Like that to me is worth it that I'm like, I love working in the, for the <laughs> fact that I can like give that up because it just, I don't know. I'm I feel like my life is so much more full when I have a little bit of that help too. So I think right. that it's okay to ask for help, not only in the business aspect of your life, but in the personal, personal yeah, things. No, too. totally. And I think, um, the world needs, I say this a lot. The world needs more women who could do anything and also choose to be moms mm-hmm. because that raised really confident kids Yes, that when you're giving them that eyeball time they know you're capable of doing anything. Mm-hmm. It's yes. not like, oh, well, I made you, so I've made an obligation. Yep. You know, that it's it's almost to me a needed skill in mothering that I'm choosing to prioritize you. Yes. Because yes. how beautiful is that? That my time, my kids can see that my time has value. And yet I choose to spend most of it taking care of you. Yes. Being there for you that I'm scheduling when you come home from school, that I'm there for you. Yep. And what a gift that you're giving those in your program, because if you don't work a traditional job, like being a VA or a direct selling speaker or whatever, or, you know, all the things that you and I do, we get to choose that flexibility. Mm-hmm. And, you know, you can, you can do that. You can be and, 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 mm-hmm. and. Yeah. Yeah. It's been such a wonderful, I just posted a a video this week of my son's earth day program and I was video recording him and he hadn't quite seen me, but I could see his little eyes scanning the crowd as he was singing his cute little song. He's a first grader. And I captured the moment when he saw me sitting in the crowd and his whole face just lit up and he got a little shy afterward. (laughs) he's a little shy by nature, but Uh that moment of seeing me in the crowd was a million dollar moment. And you've got to go see it. If you're on Instagram, it's at camillewalker.co and you see his little face and it just is this light bulb moment where he is just so full of joy. And those are moments in motherhood that I hope we don't take for granted that we recognize that we are our children's universe 
And so to be able to hone in on that moment, and I'll tell you one of my favorite things I've ever heard from Shalene Johnson, which is one of my favorite online mentors. She doesn't know me. She's shared some of my things a couple of times, but she has. And you're like, yay. (laughs) Yay. I love you. Um, I love how down to earth that she is. She's a very smart, savvy, very family oriented business entrepreneur. And she said, if you're listening to this right now, it was a podcast episode and thinking that as a young mother, you peaked at your opportunity for success, then I feel so sorry for you because that is absolutely false. You have so much life ahead of you and your children are not infinite in their age and when they're at home with you. And so to think that you're losing out by being with them or choosing them is false. There's so much potential. There's so much that you can do in your future. And, but your kids do have a clock on them. They do. And I, I think that that to me was, I loved that she said that because I think we can think, oh no, I'm missing out. Oh no. What if there's not time? There is so much time. Yeah. Is there as much time with your kids that you can redo later? No. So yeah. that's where the focus for me, that's always led my compass of what I say yes to. And I want to add to that because I was somebody who thought I'd peaked professionally, but I loved being a mom, mm-hmm. loved it, loved it, loved it. Like didn't feel like I was missing out, but life circumstances were like, you need to get a little bit more creative, you know, financially. Mm-hmm. I need to mm-hmm. figure out how to make money because my husband's heart condition and yeah though I still prefer that I had more kids, like, cause I love being a mom. I, it goes so fast, but I am so glad that I have been able to figure out what I needed to do to help my family, both financially live in my passion and mother, my children into becoming excellent humans, because it's not motherhood is not just about what we sacrifice for our kids giving up our time and our sleep or all those kind of things they talk about. It's mentoring. Mm-hmm. It is teaching people how to be human. And so they don't see the tears and they don't see the nitty gritty of what it takes to do life. And how are we teaching them? We're teaching them that life is plastic and they have to be plastic. And yeah. that's not a gift. And that limits them because they think, oh, I can only do what I've seen be done, or I have to look or be or become a certain thing. And um, no, there's, there's so much creativity and possibility in life. And don't wait for when, because when may not happen. Yeah. Yeah. I love that. And I think I'm seeing that more and more. You think, you know, when your kids are tiny and they physically need you so much and it feels so tiring and and you love it, but you're exhausted. <laughs> and I thought, man, this has gotta, gotta be the hardest time, you know, and then they get older and they become teenagers and they have really deep, hard situations and questions and need for you yeah. that it becomes a totally different level of hard that I thought I saw coming and I had no idea. <laughs> so well, now I, I bet your kids are like my kids that my kids will bring other kids to me being like, my mom can answer this question. Mm -hmm. And it's one time this girl says to me, as I'm answering this question that my son had been like, you need to talk to my mom about this. Oh, she's like, you know what? You should be a motivational speaker. And I was like, you know, I'll think about that (laughs) 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 because I already was, Yeah, yeah. but the point was she felt like her answer was met and that my kids knew that I would help her too. Oh, I love that. And that's our own home and being able to radiate out. And when they can say to their friend, like my mom, she is amazing. She'll make time for you. That, that is a really cool thing we can do as killer, awesome people that happen to also be moms with our, with our empires or whatever. Um, And with gratitude that, you know, we have a team that we can rely on both from our husbands to our children, to the, the people that help support us in doing that, you know, from our friends to our VAs and all of that. So. Yeah, absolutely. And it is, it is a blessing. And I feel like I'm at that point of turning around and saying, okay, 
let's make this happen for you. What does that look like? That's, and that's the point of, I feel like I'm just starting into that journey because my youngest is now a kindergartner and will be a first grader in the fall. And I'm like, oh my gosh, I've thought about this for 15 years. My oldest is 14. So I'm thinking this is that time that a lot of my friends really have somewhat of an identity crisis of like, now what I have this whole day and the day fills up so fast. Don't get me wrong. Like you can fill up the day with the demands of motherhood in a second. But I think we also look at some of that time and think what's next. Mm -hmm. And, and so I hope for myself that I can use up that time the way God wants me to as much as I am able. And I want to give that back to other people who are looking for those answers too. Yeah. I love it. You're awesome. And I love, like I said, I love that I've gotten a front row seat to seeing Camille and the gift that you've been giving out to the world. And we'll continue to do that. Cause I'll tell you when you know how to structure your time and you now have more hours in a day, Camille, just hold on. Cause you've got so many <laughs> more women you're going to be able to help and impact. And I should say men, cause they're, they're men that want to be home with their kids too. I'm sure Absolutely. you're not them. So mm-hmm. I don't want to leave the men out. I don't want to sound like we're only empowering the ladies or, you know, discounting. Um, we all have different personalities and different things we want to do, but you can make your life, whatever you want. Um, I have a really good friend who said the life you want, wants you. Sandra mm. Grace said that. And I, she's one of my mentors. And I just think, what it like, if you want that. something, you don't, don't blame your kids for holding you back. That is your why. Amen. I love that. Yeah. So do you have any parting things you want to give? Cause we just, I just love talking to you. I could talk part, to you nine days. Part, party or partying because those are two very different questions. <laughs> Partying words. Partying, partying words. Oh, it's always a party, though. Yes. Something, something that I always love to consider as I'm, I listen to a lot of books as I'm going to sleep at night. So if I have you ever gone to sleep at night and your mind is spinning, 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 and you can't quite either it's your to do list or I'm not doing enough or what am I going to do next or oh, that thing I said or whatever it is that's ruminating in your mind. One thing that has really helped me is to fuel my mind with goodness at night. And so a lot of times I'll listen to an audiobook, say audible or podcasting, and you can set it on a timer for say 15, 20, 30 minutes. And I will fall asleep listening to goodness, the chatter of goodness. And so what that's done for me, I really, some that I really love is a path made clear. It's Oprah Winfrey's very Uh, this is audio. So it's different interviews of different people who have found their genius in that moment for them. What did that feel like? And what was it? I really love green lights by Matthew McConaughey. I also love listening to atomic habits. Oh yeah. And I'll listen to these over and over again. I also love Jay Shetty's voice. Uh, what's his book. He just came out. I know you're talking about, um, live like a monk or think like a monk. Okay. That's what it was anyway. So any of these books, And I will listen to it at night and try to think of how I can steer my ship towards whatever that next right best step is for me. So if you're listening to this and thinking, I'm not sure what it is I want to do or what that passion or that thing looks like for me, I want you to fuel your mind with goodness and think, what is that right next step? And maybe listen to audio that helps fuel that goodness. One could be my podcast if you want, which is call me CEO. It's every week, but something that really helps you feel like you can appreciate and really explore that soul and that goodness and that ability within you that God wants you to share with the world. I think every person has a purpose bigger than we can even, even imagine. So what is that? We have this podcast because everyone has a story. Yeah. Yeah you know, and to be inspired that we're not stuck by any kind of circumstances because somebody else has overcome, you know? Well, you're amazing. Thank you for giving me such a good show over the years to watch and to celebrate and a resource that those who are listening can look, reach out to for, um, I know you didn't do this for a marketing aspect, but I hope that it becomes a marketing aspect for those women who are like, you know what? I would like some extra income and I have, I have some passion to give. So I love it. 
Well, thank you for having me. It's been a joy. Thank you for being Camille on this episode of Share Your Hotness. The Share Your Hotness podcast is produced by Van Garrett Media. Lita Green is the host and creator of the podcast. Chris Van Garrett is the editor, producer, and music director. Shayla Dawn is our research coordinator. Join us next week for another episode of the Share Your Hotness podcast. Thanks for listening. This podcast produced by Van Garrett Media.